Has the world gone crazy? Life is difficult. When you need help, where do you turn? Welcome to Christian Impact, impacting your life with spiritual truth. I am Dr. Kelly Blanton, and I'm sharing practical truths in the Bible that can truly change your life. This is December 27th, 2022. We conclude our year-long series, Chronicles of the Kingdom. This is Lesson 50, All Authority. As we begin this lesson, I would like to take a moment and wish everyone a Merry Christmas. By this point, you have had your Christmas Day celebrations, and we are about to go into the new year of 2023. And so as we conclude with this, I thought it was fitting that we talk about all authority and that Jesus Christ is the source of all our authority, all love, all power. He is the source of wisdom. He is the source of life itself that's available to here for us here on earth and in eternity. And so as we talk about this authority, we have to understand that we're going to be talking a lot about abiding in Christ and Christ abiding in us by his Holy Spirit. We are living in a day and we are coming into a new year. And I have shared a word already about what I feel the next year may have in store. Uh, the coming days, I believe, are, are dark for the world, but bright for the church and for God's people. And we are moving into a time, well, it's always been this way, but I, I think that we as the church, God's people, have been asleep in many ways, and that His Spirit is is calling out to us to wake up and we must realize that we are living in a time where it is essential that we are not just filled but we are saturated with the holy spirit we need to be able to receive from god what we need in this world and when i say what we need i don't i'm not talking about a get rich scheme where, you know, oh, just ask God for all the heavenly blessings and you can be rich. I'm, I'm talking about we're going to need things for life itself. And we need that saturation with the Spirit. We're going to need wisdom and knowledge and discernment in the days to come. And we can't get by with a lackadaisical, lukewarm walk. We need the Lord. We need to be able to flow in the Holy Spirit. How can we expect to love the world as God has called us to love the world except by the Spirit of God that dwells within us? We need Him and His abiding presence every day. And we want to start with this by understanding that You know, the keys to all authority come from Christ himself. Now, 
without getting too far gone and getting away from where it is we are going, um, it's easy to remember Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Yes, all authority is is given to Jesus Christ. All authority is vested in Him. And He is calling us on a mission. We can't be complacent believers. We must be involved in the work of God. We must be involved in the call that God has placed in our life, that we are to go out into all the world, whether it's to the people in our home, our friends and associates, at work, school, communities. We need to go to them. We need not just them, but people in our cities, our states, to the far reaches of the world. We are called to go and make disciples, not just witness to them prayer prayer and leave them hanging we're called to make disciples and as we look at these dark days here's some words i want us to look at matthew eleven thirty. jesus says for my yoke is easy and my burden is light <clears throat> many of us have already experienced hardships in the last two or three years Many of us are going to experience more hardships in the days to come. And often when we're struggling in life and someone gives us a little scripture passage, we often just feel like we're getting pat on the head. Like I'm getting some little pat answer and this doesn't, this doesn't fix anything. And we've seen this happen many times in Christianity to the point where we've begun to rebel when scripture is given. Like you can't just give me that pat answer. Life is complicated. But I want to revisit this. Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And my question is, is Jesus a liar? Because when we look at this scripture and we think about our struggles that we go through in life, if if, if, if the words of Jesus here were given to you, if you blow that off as just a pat answer, I don't have time for this, I'm telling you right now, you don't believe the Lord. You're calling him a liar. And we all need to look at this. This isn't just me giving a harsh word. This is me listening to myself. Because it's the Spirit of God. Our flesh gets so strong that sometimes when we hear the Lord speak, when we hear the word of the Lord, we doubt that word. We doubt these words. We think things in our own wisdom and in our own minds that we know better. You know, these are things that I've been talking about for a whole year now, about the philosophy and the traditions of men and how it's it's creeped in. And here we are at the conclusion, and I'm almost right back to the beginning, with when Jesus says, my, my burden is light, take up my yoke. And we're having struggles. Oh, I'm struggling with this. God, I, I need some help. I'm struggling with my marriage. I'm struggling with work and finances. I've, I've got... I've got illnesses and sicknesses and, and I've got, I've got parents that are hurting. I've got family that are, that are, and you just go on and on and on with all these problems. And you say, well, just take up the joke of Jesus. Jesus, his burden is light. And we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm tired of Sunday school. I need something more practical than that. We're doubting the word of the Lord. We're almost calling him a liar. We, we say we need more than that. Jesus has all authority. 
and he's called us to believe him, to believe in his word, and to go forward. He's given us everything that we need through his authority to accomplish what he's called us to do. He's promised to provide for what we need, not for what we want, but for what we need. And we, we, we doubt, we doubt those words. Is the Lord's burden really light? I'm not saying his burden is easy. I'm saying that he is with us, abiding with us. He knows and understands. And in the midst of our hardships, he's saying, quit doing it yourself. You're carrying not my yoke, you're carrying your yoke. You're carrying other people's yoke. You're carrying the yoke of sin and flesh upon yourself. Take up my yoke. Take up my yoke. My burden is light. And that's what he's calling us to. He's calling us to a much, I want to say deeper, but it's, it is a supernatural walk. We have to understand that. Remember, some of us need to remember when we got saved, the day we met Jesus, the day that we felt our sin forgiven. When we stepped into the freedom of the Lord, what did that do to our heart? What did that do to us? Yes, there's emotional feelings. And sometimes we need to remember those emotional feelings. We're not driven by feelings because feelings can lie to us. And it's in these moments and when we're struggling, our feelings will lie to us. But sometimes we need to remember the goodness of the Lord and what he's done. And then suddenly go, you know what? He's not asking me to do anything but trust him to walk in. He said that his yoke is easy. His burden is light. And as we step into darkness and hard times, we need to remember that sometimes we need to quit driving and let the Lord drive. I know there's a little funny thing, a little bumper sticker or a little sayings about, you know, God is my co-pilot. That's part of the problem with the church is that we want to be the pilot and God can be the co-pilot. He can make suggestions and corrections for us, but we're the pilot. We need to get out of the pilot seat and let Jesus be the pilot. And we don't even need to be the co-pilot. We need to sit back and enjoy the ride. We need to take those burdens and put them upon the Lord. I believe there's a scripture that says cast our burdens before the Lord. I'm not going to go there, but uh, just being a little sarcastic, but that's there. We This is something that if you're a believer and you walk for all, you know we're supposed to put our burdens upon the Lord. But when you say that, we feel like, ah, that's just a little pat answer. But we're doubting the word of God. I want us to look at another scripture. Jude, verses 20 and 21. And remember, Jude is just a single chapter. It's not even really a chapter, it's just Jude with verses. But verses 20 and 21 says, But you, beloved, build yourselves up in the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ into eternal life. I want us to consider this the how-to. How do I take up his yoke? How is his burden light? How how do we do this? 
Well, we need to build ourselves up in the most holy faith. We're going to put on the yoke of Jesus. We need to build ourselves up. I'm talking to believers. This series is to believers. This this, this year-long series has not been for those who do not believe. It's not an evangelistic. This is for those of us who believe. And here we're being told we need to build up our holy faith. Listen, in the years to come, 2023, 2024, we really need to be building up our holy faith. How do you build up your holy faith? Praying in the Holy Spirit. I had an an intern in our school of ministry program once. I don't think she would mind me sharing the story. She was having family issues. She was going through some some hardships and really struggling. And as I was speaking to her and she was really, I could tell it was really emotionally wearing on her. I said, have you prayed about this? And of course, the immediate silence and well, no, not exactly. And I and I said in the midst of our discussion, our heated discussion, I was like, you need to go pray. Go pray now. This is sort of a, a at this moment it becomes a teacher, student, do this or else. So then you need to go pray now. You need to go do this. And they weren't happy with me. They felt a little judged. They They felt like I didn't understand. But they went and they prayed. And when they did, God changed things. In them, God changed perspectives. They immediately felt better. Church, we need to pray. We need to pray in the Holy Spirit. For many of you, it, 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 I'm not just talking about I, I have a list and I go through my prayer list. Uh, we need to get beyond prayer list. You need to pray in the Spirit. You need to pour out your heart to God. And we need to start spending that time before the Lord. If you've never spent any time consistently before the Lord take out it doesn't matter if it's a few minutes sometimes we feel sort of convicted or like it's a child if we're only taking two or three minutes a day if you've never done that before then this is a big step take those couple of minutes it's it's not something to look down upon it's something to be built and grown upon you take those two minutes if you've only been spending five minutes a day with the Lord and you've been doing that consistent it's time to take that up Try to push it to eight minutes. Again, not something that's so huge. Many times I say spend time with the Lord, you think of an hour. And although that would be wonderful if you could spend an hour or two hours a day with the Lord, um, you can't expect to do that. It's like an athlete. That's me telling people. It's like someone telling me, I need to get in shape, and so I need to go run 20 miles. I couldn't run down the block because – I'm not a physically active person. And so for me, how about I just start walking the neighborhood? Why don't I start? And and, and you, you slowly build into that. You don't show up at the gym and instantly pick up 500 pounds and start benching 500 pounds. You, you know, you may not even start off benching 100 pounds. You may start off benching 20 pounds. Uh, you need to start somewhere where you're at. Because it's just you and God and build up into that. And we need to build ourselves up. And that keeps us in the love of God. And as and it says looking for the mercy of the Lord. We look for the mercy because we realize how far away we are and we have been and how much we need him. We need his mercy. We need his life. And this is a good 
how-to for us. As we get into the meat of the scripture, excuse me, that I want to look at, I want to look at John chapter 14, verses 12 through 18. Jesus is speaking and says, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these will he will do, because I go to my Father, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may, be, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Excuse me there as I get a little tongue-tied occasionally. As I read through my notes, as I read these scriptures, I'm not quoting them from memory. I'm obviously reading them to you. But I want I want, I want to talk about this scripture. I want to talk about this authority, this abiding in Jesus. See, Jesus is, is telling his disciples something here that I think is, is sort of powerful to us, and it is to us, and I, I'm going to show this to us. So when, when you look at this, notice that he says, I say to you who believes in me, and we've just talked about this. Do you believe it when Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light? Do we believe where he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Are we doing the works that Jesus has done? You know, we need to hear the word and mix it with our faith. You want to know how to produce fruit? And fruit is works in this aspect. Fruit is works. Um, sometimes we think about the fruit of the Spirit. We just think of love, peace, and patience. Well, those... That, that is fruit of the Spirit, that is, but it's, it's, it's a work. It's this fruit, this love is coming out in something that we're doing in life. We're doing love. We're doing joy. We're, these things are, 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 are coming up and out of us in, like, it's almost like the Spirit manifests into the physical realm through us in an action. And it's in our spirit first, but then it manifests in this. And that's why hearing the word and we mixing it with our faith. That's why James says, don't just be a hearer of the word. You need to be a hearer and a doer. Because if you hear and you don't do, your faith is dead. That's, that's what the book of James says. So we, you have to mix. You take that word that you're hearing and you have to, to do it. That's what it says, I say to you, he who believes the works of that I do, he will also do. Because Jesus knew the words of the Father. He knew his word, and he did those words. And now he's telling us that's what he wants. If we say we believe, then we need to step out and do what he said. And then he goes, well, you'll even do greater works. Now, why are we going to do greater works? Well, because he says <clears throat> he's going to send us another, another helper another comforter, as another translation says it. I, I want to look something at, at, at those words. You get that, that that word, another. It's a Greek word, alos. It can mean else. Like, God's going to send you something else, something different. It can also be translated as more 
or other. Specifically, that's why it's another. That's why it's translated Bible that way. But it says he's sitting to something else, something more. And he says, I'm sending you another helper. So he's sending us this more, something different, something else, more of a helper, of a comforter. And of course, he's talking about his spirit. But this is a description of things. Let's look at that Greek word that's helper or comforter. It's the Greek word parakletos. It can be translated as intercessor, counselor, or even advocate. <clears throat> it's only used five times in the New Testament. Four times in the Gospel of John, and it's referring to the Holy Spirit. But one time in 1 John, 1 John 2, 1, it says, My little children, these things are right to you that you sin not. And if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And here that word advocate, we have an advocate. This is the same Greek word, helper, comforter. Uh, it's an advocate. This is parakletos. I had a, a minister friend that, men, that mentored me early in my uh, ministry life. I, I was already in the ministry, but he was an older minister. He really came alongside and taught me many things, taught me a lot of Greek. Um, and he was one that, that parakletos means to be called alongside or to come alongside. That's what that literal Greek word means. That he's, he's the one that comes alongside of us and he's with us and he's abiding with us. He's the, he's the spirit of truth that's going to come along beside us. He's going to remain with us forever. That's why Jesus said, I have all authority and I'm with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is with us by the Holy Spirit. Do you believe this, church? Do you believe this, believer, that he has come alongside of us and the one that has all authority to supply all our needs? See, that's why when you're going through these hardships, things, you see, we, we often we read this scripture because we want to get to that verse 14 says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And and we, we instantly, well, I'd really like a, a new car. I'd really like it. And we, we, we suddenly turn the Lord into McDonald's, into a fast food thing. I'll just go up and make my order. But when you're thinking about he's come along beside you because he's going to want you to take up his yoke, his burden, is like you, you're trading your burdens, you're trading yokes. All those tribulations, those hardships, those things that you're dealing with that you feel like you're, give them to the Lord and take the Lord's yoke. And what is his yoke? His yoke is all authority has been given unto me. Go and make disciples. We need to be about his business in the kingdom. I'm gonna, I've got bills to pay, Lord. I don't, I'm not, I don't have enough money. My job is cutting back. There's, there's things happening. Inflation's going nuts. What am I gonna do? Listen, give it to the Lord and pick up the Lord's burden. And suddenly, now, if you ask anything in my name, see, suddenly, I'm not asking for myself. I'm not asking for my home, my, my little personal kingdom. And now it's, God, my home is yours. My spouse is yours. My kids are yours. My job is yours. My ministry is yours. 
I give it all to you. You be the one responsible, and I will now do what you've called me to do. And in doing that, you realize, Lord, I, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to do what you called me to do. I need help here. I need help here. I need help, oh helper, the one who comes along beside me. And suddenly he's in his moments. He does it. All of a sudden the provider provides what you need to fulfill your calling. And what happens is when you do that, there are things in our life that sometimes we grab hold of that we don't need. He didn't call us to those things. And it's in those moments that you just let them go. You just let them go. And yes, your flesh will fight you. This is where your flesh fights you. Your flesh wants to be greedy. Your flesh wants to, to have. Your flesh wants to, to be rich and taken care of. And that's what the flesh wants. But God has greater things for us. And I say that because there has been nothing in my life that I've given up that the Lord hasn't abundantly taken care of me. Yes, there's times when I reflect because there are many things in my life that I've done that I regret. I wish I hadn't done things the way I did them. All of us are like that. But there are many things that I look back upon. Yes, my life would be different if I didn't answer the call of God. But don't be deceived into thinking it would be better. Our flesh may think it would be better, but our life would not be better. Because when we take a, a step into flesh, nothing goes the way you think it will go. Because our flesh reaps sin, sin reaps death, death reaps destruction. And I've seen that. I've seen that so often. I want to share with you. I don't want to do a word for word share. And I don't want to get into that because uh, I don't I don't never know who's going to listen to this. And this is sort of personal. But back in 2000, I actually prophesied to a group. And it, it was a strong prophecy. And I actually wrote it down. And, and I just found it just this last week. And, and I was looking at it. And it was, it, was, it was a harsh word. It was a word that was the Lord had called you to do something great. You don't want to do it. And you're selfish. And and you, you're choosing a path of darkness. And it goes on. I mean, there's a point in it where it asks it. It's a plea to the Lord to repent, to to turn away from this. But the word went on to say, if if you choose this, this is what's going to happen to you. And part of it was you're going to you're going to walk away from this for your own desires, and you think you're going to have friends, you think you're going to have love, you think he goes, but you're going to want all the days of your life, and you're going to be miserable. And you and and, and there was things I don't want to go into a lot of detail about it, but it was, it was not good. And 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 it's. I like it when I write things down like this, when you know the Lord is speaking. Because I pick it back up now, and, you know, here we are. It's about a 22-year-old prophecy that was given to someone. And and I look at that group, and there were some, not all of that group, there were some of that group that really took it to heart, and they, they, sought, they sought God. And, and I do want to say that there was a, a revival that broke out not too long after that, and, and God did some incredible things. But there were many that that word was given to that they did exactly what it said. And 22 years later, I can look back, and so many of them, multiple marriages, always looking for the right job, multiple careers, Constantly searching up and downs, up and downs in their lives. 
just when they think things are going great, all of a sudden, you know, six months later, everything's destroyed and they're starting over. And these things break my heart because we're trying, it's just that the flesh, this is what the flesh reaps when we try to do things our own way. And I, I say this because so many Christians, so many believers have been on the same track. We just don't want to listen to God. We want to do things our way. Listen, all authority has never been not given to you and I. All authority has been given to Jesus. Sometimes we, we think that, oh, that means that Jesus has given us all authority. No, he hasn't given us all authority. He's given us authority to fulfill what he's called us to do. He hasn't made us God. He's equipped us to do what he's called us to do. And sometimes we get that and we, we get so excited that we begin to think that he's made us God. He hasn't made us God. He's, he's, don't, don't fall into the same temptation a lot that Satan thought that, you know, I can sit, I, I can be, I can sit on his throne and I can do all this. Yes, we are co-heirs with Jesus. Jesus is so gracious. He's co-heiring us. You know, we're going to get to sit in, sit on the, his knees in the throne and stuff, but let's not be deceived. He's the one driving the universe. We're the little baby. You know, I like to, to say, you know, the dads, and it doesn't happen anymore in days, but used to, a father would take his little child driving, he'd sit him in his lap, and the kid could put his hands on the steering wheel. And I, I remember when I was a kid, my dad did that to me, and I felt like I was driving the car. That's what God's doing to us. He loves us, and he loves that feeling. But at the same time, people of God, we need to be mature and realize we're not driving the car. He's got us on his lap and our hands on the steering wheel and we're participating there. But let's, let's be honest. He is the one driving the car. It's his love that has put us there. But he's still the Lord and he's the one with authority. And he's the one that we need to listen to, to abide in. Because that's where the, the blessings, the provisions, the things that, that come in. This is where Truly, when I say blessings, it's like you don't, you sometimes you have to get through some things to sit back and realize how great God took care of you through things, how much He's really done for you. Sometimes we don't understand that until we've come out on the other side of a, a hardship, a struggle, and we look back and all of a sudden we can see the mercy and glorious hand of the Lord that was upon us, that we can sometimes even see miracles blatant miracles that were just done sometimes we don't even get to see them because we're so caught into looking at ourselves listen it's vital that we the people of god we walk in the spirit and the authority of christ today we need that we need that as we go into this new new year in the 2023 and i want to end with this Scripture here, Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of the vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to counsel those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified, and they shall rebuild the old ruins, 
They shall raise up the former desolations. They shall repair the ruined cities. The desolation of many generations. Father God, I just come to you right now. I lift up your name and praise you, God. And Father, as we as we end this series, God, I thank you for those that have listened. God, I pray that you would, God, turn their mourning into joy, God. That, that, that you just be like an anointing oil that would flow over them and you'd fill them with joy, God. That you'd replace heaviness and depression with praise, God. The Lord, the things that they feel like have been destroyed and that are hurting, that you'd take those ashes of their life and you'd turn them to beauty. You'd replace them, God. That only comes through your redemption, God. The Father, that you would plant them to be fruitful, that your glory would just overflow them, God. That the ruins that they think that are in their life that can never be rebuilt, that you would restore, God. And that, Lord, for generations, your hand of goodness would be seen upon them. Lord, I thank you that you were the anointed one, that you came to heal brokenhearted, to set liberty to captives, to set free prisoners, God. Lord, I pray that you would do that for all of us, God, and that, Lord, that we would participate, that we would rise up, God, realizing that it's a high time to awaken and fulfill the callings that you've put on us, God, that you have called us to make disciples, God, to build and participate in your kingdom. Father, we give you praise, glory in these things, in Jesus' name. Amen. I thank you for participating in this series. Here in January, we will be beginning our next series. It's going to be more of a prophetic series. Not, um, we'll be going through some electionary scriptures and just seeing what the Lord has to say through those, it will be a different type of podcast. It's going to be called Words of Life. And I would encourage you, if you've not listened to this whole series, you can listen to that, this podcast. You can check out all the different ways you can listen to this uh, podcast at our website, christianimpact.net. And until next year, God bless. Oh.